You are Locked On Wolverines, your daily podcast on the Michigan Wolverines, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Happy Thursday. Took me a minute to remember what day it is. Locked On Wolverines podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it is your team every day. I am your man on the ground, Isaiah Hole, publisher of Wolverines Wire through USA Today Sports Media Group, and we are but two days away. In 48 hours, we should be, let's see, yeah, we, we should be completed. We should, we should have a pretty good idea of if Michigan is going to the national championship game in Los Angeles in mere days, uh, but the, the whirlwind continues, and today has been the biggest whirlwind of all thus far. Uh, we had a media day this morning, and it was pretty interesting, pretty cool, not like anything that we have really had. It's actually been a very long time since basically every player has been made available. It is reminiscent of the first two years of Jim Harbaugh, and it's the first time since then that it was a free-for-all. Go talk to anyone you wanted to. Go talk to a coach. Go talk to a player. I mean, the early enrollees weren't available. There were certainly scout team guys who weren't available, but that was just about it. Otherwise, we had everybody, and TCU had the same earlier this morning. Uh, and from that, I got a little bit of uh, another strange feeling. I mean, I, I've spoken the last three days about how weird things have been in regards to TCU. That has continued in my eyes because uh, talking to had a, some had a couple minutes with Garrett Riley, the offensive coordinator, the Broyles Award winner this year. And asking him about Michigan's defense, he, he's like, well, you know, they're really more of a one-on-one -on -one tackling type of team. They're really not going to gang tackle you. You mix that with some of the sunny dykes if you stop their offense and then you stop their run game type talk. It, it almost feels like these guys haven't really watched Michigan. It, it, they, they definitely feel very, very confident, but it's just a very bizarre feeling that I get talking to some of these TCU guys. Uh, I, I, I don't know if, again, they know something we don't, but it just feels really, really bizarre because it, it normally, you know, you talk to, talk to some coaches or you read what coaches say on a weekly basis about Michigan and you get a pretty good idea, but we're, we're hearing TCU guys saying like Michigan doesn't have a lot of team speed where they do, that they are going to be more physical than Michigan and they are a physical team. Uh, that was something that they were talking about, uh, Sonny Dykes was even talking about this morning, was uh, that how they've gotten more physical as games have gone on. And listen, they are a physical team. They are able to run the ball. Uh, but this is a different level of physicality. And I, I've said it multiple times. I'll say it again. I do feel like, again, this is very similar to how Michigan was approaching Georgia last year. Uh, granted, could be a lot different. Now, I did, I did just get off the phone with a... Michigan coach, and he did acknowledge, yeah, they've got a lot of team speed. It, it is a different type of deal. But uh, I definitely think that this is a situation where the physicality, that's something that, you know, I talked with Clayton yesterday. The physicality is a big, big component. You win football games in trenches. We've seen teams try to have all the, you know, this last year, in two years. You look at Ohio State, they've got team speed all over the place. They've got the, certainly a better wide receiver core, I would imagine, than what TCU has. Last year for sure. This year maybe it's a little bit more even. But yet Michigan winning the trenches played all the difference. So I definitely feel that uh, Michigan is in a really good situation. But 
Again, I'm going to keep saying it. They play the games for a reason. So we could all be surprised. There are certainly people that I've talked to who are like, I think this is going to be a game. There's other people that I've talked to, like Brett McMurphy from uh, uh, Action Network, who's like, I don't think this is going to be a game. There's just a lot of, uh, a lot of differing opinions as far as uh, how this one will go. But TCU certainly, they don't necessarily feel like it's gonna be a, a four quarter game. Maybe they do, and they're just not saying that. Because again, what do you expect guys to say? But it's just really bizarre when you're talking to their offensive coordinator and it, it does not even seem like he has a beat on Michigan. You talk to the head coach, it seems like he didn't watch the Ohio State or Purdue games. You know, it, it, it just seems really bizarre. Now, they have a lot that really is going to work in their favor. They have really good corners. That is, now I guess the question is, are their corners as good as Ohio State's? Because obviously, Ohio State's corners in Michigan haven't worked out that well the last two years. But I still feel like Michigan can dictate what it wants to do up front. TCU seems, from what they are saying, and again, that could be subterfuge, they are saying that they are going to go in with what has allowed them to get to this point, which you would expect. The 3-3-5, all of that. We've talked about that all week. I don't think that that will necessarily be a good thing if they go in with that. However, there are others that maybe feel a little bit differently. Not everyone is, is necessarily feeling that. Uh, some people say hey, if they run the 3-3-5, that might pose some issues. But we will get to that because yeah, I, I do have something there in just a moment. But before we do... Listen, BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from pro football to college bowl season to basketball and World Cup. We've got it all at BetOnline.net. If you love sports podcasts, you can even find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. This is the second podcast episode in a row where the first segment is just a little, little, little short, you know? <laughs> it's uh, doing this on a camera, not doing it in front of a computer. I certainly can't see the timestamp. It's a bunch of old blurriness over there. So hopefully we get to 21 minutes or hopefully we don't go 35 minutes. Probably not, because like I said, today has been a whirlwind. I'm still kind of parsing through some of the things. Still haven't even heard half of what Jim Harbaugh had to say. We spoke with him for 15 minutes as like a general, big, you know, what have you. Uh, but uh, we, uh, he spoke for another half hour after that. I put my recorder down, I walked away, and uh, I still haven't had a chance to because we got whisked off to practice after having the media day. So let's get into a little practice intel here in a moment, but uh, I don't really necessarily want to call it intel, just observations. I think that's the better way to go about it, is call it observations because uh, I, I didn't think that there was ne necessarily anything that was just groundbreaking type material coming out of practice. but. Uh, the one person that I talked to that did seem a little bit leery about the 335 was Trevor Keegan. Now, I went up to Trevor Keegan, and I, he, he's maybe the most fun player to talk to on the team. He is amazing. He is hilarious. Uh, so I, I went all, I, I will go back. Chase Winovich and I used to conspire to have like a crazy question and answer uh, period, which never came to fruition. Uh, we always used to 
to, to discuss, like if I would ask him a question, like you, you're out in the jungle, you've got nothing but a samurai sword and a bag of beans. What, what do you do? You know, how do you survive? And we just never, we never made that happen. So I, I turned around after talking to Rayshawn Benny and I saw uh, Trevor Keegan sitting right there. And I'm like, yeah, this is, I don't even need to, to be like, hey, I'm gonna ask you some questions. I'm like, I'm just gonna go in. I'm just gonna go in and do it. So the first thing I said, you know, I wanted to do what kind of bear is best. Yeah, you know, that was the first thing that came to mind. So instead I said, if you could be any kind of bear, what kind of bear would you be? And he's like, I would be a black bear because those are the fastest. Uh, if you had to pick only one teammate to go and get in a fight uh, with you, who would it be? And at first he's like, I think it would be Mozzie Smith. But then he's like, yeah, you know what? You know, he might be, get a little winded. I'm going to go with Chris Jenkins. And that was, that was amazing. I went and asked Chris Jenkins about it. And he's like, he's right because I'm crazy, which is hilarious. You know, getting to um, just understand the psyche of some of these guys that maybe we hadn't had before. Uh, but uh, I, then I said, like, you know, if, if TCU lines up in a 3-3-5 and you're, you're standing up there and you're looking at it, what's your first reaction? And he's like, you know what? That's a pretty good defense. You know, that's, he's like, that, they can really... Uh, come and jam us up in ways that we haven't really seen before. That, that there are certainly some elements to that that we should be wary of. But you know what? That is the good news, right? Like they aren't looking at it the way that maybe some of the fans are or some people in the media are looking at it like me, where I'm looking at it and saying 3-3-5 versus Michigan's front is bad news for TCU. No, they're looking at it like, ooh, that's going to be tough. They're taking almost the opposite approach. Now, again, not every TCU player that we have talked to has had, uh, had the same reaction. You know, Johnny Hodges was absolutely amazing when I talked to him uh, a couple days ago. Absolutely just I, I, immediately it's kind of like, hey, man, do you want to transfer to Michigan? Because we'd like to cover you. You know, and I wasn't the only media member that felt that way. But a lot of these others just are very outspoken and not really necessarily paying that due respect. But Michigan, when it comes to TCU, is. You would think that TCU is the team that, is, uh, that has been to the college football playoff before. You would think that TCU is the one that has, uh, has had these last couple successful seasons, but no, it's Michigan. It's TCU certainly wasn't that team. And uh, you know, I spoke to Iabioki about that, because I said, hey, you've been, you weren't with Michigan, but you, you went, you went to the college football playoff. You won a national championship with Alabama in your freshman year. How is this different? And he said the, the, one of the biggest differences, if not the biggest difference, for, from Alabama playing Oklahoma was Alabama looked at Oklahoma and was like, well, this is just another team, which I guess you would expect because Alabama was just absolutely rolling. Nick Saban is the best coach in college football. Uh, they expect to win every game that they play in. Certainly more so the teams like Georgia and LSU in some of those years have been the ones where uh, things have been a little bit more daunting for them. But they looked at Oklahoma uh, and said, that's just another team on the schedule. There ain't nothing special about them. However, he said, here in Ann Arbor, I guess this is Scottsdale, Arizona, but in Ann Arbor, he, he said, like, that is not the case. We are looking at this like this is the game. There is no more important game than this one. There's never been a more important game than this one. We have failed miserably if we can't win this game. All of our focus is on this game. And he said, that is wildly different. And he said, all he's heard all year from his teammates was about the disappointment about walking off that field in the Capital One Orange Bowl. Because he said that, you know what? 
that's all that, that we've been able to talk about is we got manhandled by Georgia. We don't want that type of thing to happen again. So that shows you the, the different mentality. And so when I asked him, I said, is there a difference having been there before and having not been here before? And he's like, oh, yeah, it, there is definitely a difference. And that, I think, again, can play a big factor for Michigan. And uh, we'll see if that uh, comes to, uh, to fruition on Saturday at State Farm Stadium in Glendale, Arizona, which I'm very excited to go to that game and uh, check out that stadium. I've wanted to go to that stadium forever. Hopefully a lot of you will be there, and certainly I'd imagine every single one of you will be watching on TV or listening on the radio. But uh, as far as other interesting things that kind of came out of today, uh, I asked uh, Grant Newsom about A.J. Barner, that transfer, uh, and he is like, you know what? He can do everything. He, and he reminded me uh, of uh, the fade pass that he caught last year against Ohio State in the end zone. He said he's able to go over those corners against a really good Ohio State team and make a play like that. But he also has an inline blocking ability. And he said, not a lot of tight ends have both. We require, obviously, both here in, in Ann Arbor. And he was able to go out and do those types of things. So it was a no-brainer to go out and get a guy like him. And it, it's no, uh, no slight on a guy like Matthew Hibner, who said is just he's extremely happy with where he is. He feels like he's ready to step up and step in this next year. Uh, so, so that was interesting. Talking to Mike Hart, that was also interesting as well. I asked Mike Hart about, uh, uh, about uh, first Donovan Edwards and how he's excelled being a number one guy, whereas he was kind of a co-starter, but essentially kind of being the backup to, to Blake Horm. He says, yeah, that, he, we always knew he could be the way that he's been in these last couple games. And, you know, he's relished this opportunity. He's making the most. But I think the more important thing is Kalel Mullings. Uh, he said that not every linebacker can play running back, but every running back can play linebacker. And yet, Kalel Mullings is out there doing a really good job on that side. Kalel Mullings is like, yeah, this is, you know, it, it just brings me back to those high, high school days. But he also mentioned that he has grown a lot and has learned a lot that he didn't know from the point in which he first started to, to see the carries in actual games. So we're talking the Ohio State game forward. And now, so it'll be interesting to see how he uh, ends up doing once he can get out there and, uh, and play against TCU, especially if TCU struggles to stop the run. It'll be interesting to see if he gets more than just being a short yardage type guy. Can he go out there and, and make a big pickup? Because we've mostly seen him in short yardage and then the trick play, which I didn't see it, but apparently in practice when, the, when we were all allowed in there, he did have a, a, a pass. Uh, <laughs> Another same kind of thing is what we saw in the Ohio State game. Uh, outside of that, I asked Rashawn Benny, like, what, you know, you, you made that switch from MSU to Michigan. Michigan's two and four. Uh, MSU, I think, had a similar season in 2020. He, he ends up committing to Michigan. I'm like, did you foresee this being the type of Michigan team you'd be on? And he's like, honestly, no, which is an amazing moment of candor because. You know, usually you ask these guys these things, and they're like, oh, yeah, I thought so. And I asked a couple other guys. I don't remember who. That same thing. Like, when you committed to Michigan, did you think that you'd be going to the college football playoff for you know, last year or this year or whatever? And they're like, oh, yeah, absolutely. That was definitely new, you know, as if they, they knew a secret. Uh, but uh, he was like, no. But, you know, what? he's like, this has absolutely worked out. It's absolutely amazing. I'm so grateful to, to have this opportunity. And, uh, and I asked him, I said, did you, uh, you feel like you made the right choice, obviously. And he said, absolutely. I mean, no surprise there. Uh, let's see, who else did we talk to? I talked to almost every 
coach that we haven't talked to uh, earlier in the week. I talked to Mike Elston. I talked to Jay Harbaugh, who is always was amazing. So look forward to uh, some of that stuff on Wolverine's wire. Uh, that should be coming either later today or early tomorrow. Um, but uh, I'm trying to think of what other things that were big takeaways. Again, like I said, it's been a whirlwind. Uh, and we all, this was all in an hour. And then immediately we got shuttled off to practice. And then we got to see practice. So I think, again, I have no how, I might have been talking for two minutes. Maybe I've talked for seven, eight. I have no idea. I can't, I can't really tell, especially standing here with all the distractions, the sunset, mountains, and all of that. But uh, let's, uh, let's move on. I think that, that that's a, this is a good time to do that. And we'll talk about what I saw in practice, the takeaways, little takeaways that I got. But listen, uh, you're hanging out with some friends and putting back a few drinks. A few becomes too, a few too many. As the evening comes to an end and people start to head out, <laughs> you think of calling for a ride. Nah, you know what? You live nearby. You can make it home okay. It's no big deal. What are the odds that you get pulled over anyway? And even so, it's the worst that can happen. Your insurance goes up, you lose your license, you lose your job, you total your car, you kill someone. Everyone knows the risks of driving drunk. The results are tragic and they are often deadly. However, that still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads and they're doing it to save lives. So if you think it's okay to drive after a few drinks, think again, play it safe, and plan ahead to get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever, so drive sober or get pulled over. You know, for all of the uh, information download that kind of happened today, this, is, this episode is going to be on the shorter side, apparently. Because I don't think I'm going to talk for another 10 minutes, but maybe I could, maybe I'll impress myself here. Um, I, I was saying uh, earlier, was it on the show yesterday or did I say it privately to Clayton? I'm not sure, but it, it is a different thing. I just, it's, uh, it's so easy to get lost in the discussion when you're just sitting down at, you know, at your desk. You've got everything, you know, everything is familiar standing up and, and speaking for uh, 20 to 30 minutes uh, in public. It's a little bit different. But anyway, we are going to power through. And uh, it has been just a whirlwind of a week. The media sessions come to an end tomorrow morning with the joint head coach uh, press conference with uh, Jim Harbaugh and Sonny Dykes. Those are always uh, relatively fun. Nothing will ever top Jim Harbaugh and Nick Saban in 2019 with their stepbrothers moment, did we just become best friends after Saban absolutely berated somebody. Jim Harbaugh looked incredibly impressed and they had a laugh and it's one of my favorite pictures that I've ever taken. Um, but uh, that'll be it. And then we will look forward to the game, 2 p.m. local time, 4 p.m. back in Michigan. So it's gonna be a very, very exciting time. But of course the team, is still getting ready. Now they were out there in shells once again today, uh, which is uh, no pads or light pads. I can't really tell. It's like, looks like they're wearing like shoulder pads you'd have in a suit <laughs> or, you know, or some kind of blazer uh, and uh, shorts. Uh, but the people that we didn't see the, the other day, the guys that were in just uh, t-shirts and shorts, uh, AJ Henning, Marion Walker, and uh, and uh, the other guy, Andrell Anthony, they were all back. Andrell had a had a wrap on his ankle. Uh, Donovan Edwards had a wrap on his uh, on his cast. It looked a little bit more bulky than it had, but it still 
looks a little slimmer than maybe what he had earlier. I didn't stick around uh, the wide receivers to see if he was catching any passes or not, but uh, uh, sorry, the running backs uh, for, for too long. I did stick around for a minute, and I did see Benjamin Hall, who has legs like tree trunks. If you ever saw, and it sounds weird, but if you ever have seen Chris Evans's legs, uh, they look like something that should not exist on a human, and that is the same exact look that Benjamin Hall has. Like, I don't think that I could put like take pants that are whatever his size for his waist and put pants, you know, put those on him. I, I would imagine that he'd have to have the thighs completely modified to fit his legs. So it, I. I that's one of those things where you look at look at the body type and you, you sit there and be like, all right, maybe, maybe he wasn't the highest rated recruit, but could they really, maybe they found something. Maybe they got a little something that no one else was seeing, you know, and certainly Michigan's had a pretty good go of that. Jim Harbaugh certainly has most of the time. I mean, there's certainly guys that haven't worked out that way. Kurt Taylor and um, I mean, some fell out. Uh, Chase, what was his name? Uh, the, the fullback that did, ended up, uh, com he committed and then ended up uh, decommitting um, from Florida, Chase something. But anyhow, uh, so some of those guys were back, got to see some early enrollees uh, a little bit more, watched Samaj Morgan, and uh, was talking to some people about his diminutive stature. But when he had the pads on and he, or the, at least the uniform on or whatever it was, and he was next to A.J. Henning, I, I, didn't, I looked at him and it's like, they're the same size. So I, don't, I think that those who kind of question his size, I mean, certainly he's going to have to put on weight and things of that nature, go through strength and conditioning just like anyone would. But he, he, he looks like he's that same type of, type of deal. So, uh, you know, no, really no much bigger, smaller than, than him. No much bigger, not much bigger or smaller than Tyler Morris, uh, another guy I talked to today. Um, so... Uh, certainly that that's good, but watching him, Frederick Moore, both of them did a really good job catching passes from when I was watching. Um, Iman Dennis looked really good as well. Uh, he made some really nice cuts, as did Christian Dixon. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see uh, how some of those guys do kind of in the future. Uh, my biggest takeaway from practice, though, was George Hilo and just watching him work with the linebackers. I mean, he was just so professorial. Uh, it complete, completely different than like Steve Klinkscale, who we saw the other the other day and uh, watch Steve Klinkscale kind of do his thing. But uh, he, he was more fire and brimstone, like I said before. You know, coach him hard, love him hard. That's kind of what his uh, demeanor is. Whereas George Hilo was very much a teacher. It reminded me of just being back in like a, like a really good class, you know, um, it, and, and not necessarily like a college class where things, you know, sometimes feel a little too academic you know what I mean and that's probably not a great thing to say about Michigan since that's the college that I went to but you know sometimes you're listening and you're like what and, you know I'm actually speaking of my own uh, sometimes lack of intelligence but uh, I, I think it, it's more about uh, you know well there's one class that I had in particular it was uh, film history it was like 1930 to uh, 1959 and and it just it felt like just downloading a bunch of really great info and then we were being asked, right? Like, it's like, participate, learn, get, get some of this stuff, bring it in. And, uh, you know, what, what are you learning in the moment? What, how, you know, how does this apply to, to what we're talking about? 
and you know, oh, yeah, that's your close. You're not quite there. Okay, yep, that's more in line. Uh, but here, here's what it is. All right, let's see it again. Let's let's run that back. That's what it felt like watching George Hilo work with the linebackers. And he was working with Jimmy Rolder uh, the majority of the time that I was watching him, and then he uh, was started to work with Jaden Hood as I was uh, walking away. And I was like, okay, now what did we do wrong there? All right, anyone else? See what see see how we could have done that a little bit better. Getting input and then bringing that input and pushing it out and then correcting it and then working through it until it got right and then moving on. It was really inspirational to watch. Uh, I thought it was really, really cool. So uh, that was my big takeaway. It was just watching him and it's just like it, it, it very much a teaching coach, right? It's not just do things exactly how they need to be done right now. And there's certainly a place for that and certainly position groups where that, where that works. But I, I thought just watching him and the way he was doing things, it was really interesting. And the players really seemed to be gravitating uh, towards him and, you know, really uh, appreciating it. And you could see them working things through, you know. So that was my biggest takeaway. Uh, let's see, a couple other things. What, what else do we have from practice? Again, not a lot to glean this time. You know, Michigan's just, they're not showing us a lot. So you, you just try to take what you can get. Uh, but... Um, I mean, that, that's probably the biggest things. Patrick Amame was there uh, watching practice, which was interesting. And, uh, yeah, that's about all of it. So, you know what? That is going to do it for us today. Next podcast, we are going to be talking about the game. As we get into the preview episode, I don't think we're going to have Jake, but I had breakfast with him this morning, and he's like, I am slammed. <laughs> but we're still going to try. So we'll see what we can do. Anyway, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. We will talk to you again very soon. Peace.